0: all right chief hunt thank you so much for coming out and uh, having a conversation with me yes sir all so right. you're the chief of police of city king yes and i want to know who you are um you sent me your bio i'm gonna put that on on the info for the episode for this week Oh, okay um, But so, i kind of want to know i think the people need to know who you are so tell right. me a little bit about your history
1: well first of all i grew up in houston in north houston a very diverse area uh, about half of my school was uh white and half was not white and uh that kind of affects who you are when you're growing up and affects who you are as a police officer, I think. Um, I certainly did train many people over the years that had come from areas where they weren't used to being around uh, any kind of minority, any kind of different diverse group, any kind of different religions sometimes even. And so just having that in my background has helped me quite a bit through a 26 year career. Uh, Got married uh, after I went to Stephen F. Austin that marriage ended after 13 years. And that's another uh, part of my life that gives me perspective on the struggles that that officers have sometimes, family struggles. And then I got remarried to the love of my life and uh, that's still marriage is still that's going awesome. good. And uh, I guess the, most unique thing about me as a chief would be that I have kids uh, that are adults, which most chiefs do, but I also have a two-year-old at home, so oh. I have kids ranging from age 22 to 2. Yeah, my, my two-year-old's sleeping right now and in the house. So, so. Yeah, yeah. Lucky you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think mine is. So, <laughs> well, she's, she's in there.
0: She's just, you know, yeah. nap, having a rest time. I got you, yeah. <laughs> I don't
1: think they ever really sleep. You know, yeah, well,
0: but, yeah. I'm, I'm working on it because they've been getting over a little bit of sniffles. So yeah. the, it's been helping. But anyways, continue.
1: So, yeah, I can sing every uh, theme song to every kid's show for the last <laughs> 20 years. If you'd like to hear any of them. But uh, All right. I don't know.
0: You're 19. Let's hear it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Year nine, yeah. Paw Patrol. Yeah. Yeah. All right. uh, All right.
1: But, you know, um, I, I'm uh, 26 years into a career that I think I want to do at least 10, 15 more of. Uh, I have a lot more to give and a lot more uh, to do. And there's a lot that we're doing here in Keene that I'm just excited to be here and and doing it. Okay, so before, how how long have you been the Chief of Police now? Just
0: about Uh, a year. Oh, so you're fairly new. Yes. I forgot about that. Okay,
1: awesome. So before Keene, where were you? I was in Temple. Okay. And I was a Lieutenant there when I retired on my 25th anniversary, April 3rd of last year. Wow. Started here uh, week to week on April 8th and officially on May 1st. So why Keene? uh well i met mike base and yeah he was the city manager at that time i'd heard from a, another friend of mine about him i'd been looking at some different jobs for about the last year before that uh looking at my retirement coming up and i just knew that i wanted to be a chief somewhere and be able to have that voice to do the things that i believe are right for an agency for a city for the officers for the citizens and uh talking to him meeting the mayor came up uh, looked at the town and knew what they were wanting to do, where they're at now, and just got excited for the idea and the opportunity to, to be able to do that. Okay. And, uh, so that's where
0: that started. So Temple, tell me a little about Temple, because as a first responder, who the calls that you run on really shape who you are, especially early on in your career. You've been there for 20, 26 years? I was there for 25. 25 years. Yeah. And so uh, that's kind of... that's. Um your experiences, especially early on in your career within that city really shaped who you are. I know it did for me uh, being a first monitor. It's, it's, (laughs) um, really changes your perspective and your mindset, a lot of things. So because of that, I want to know a little bit about your time in temple. Okay. Kind of those, those, some of the calls, some of your history there.
1: So I was a 22 year old kid when I started there, 1995 and, uh, my mouth would get ahead of my brain often. And, uh, As a chief, I see these guys who are kids to me now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I, I love having input from everyone in our agency. And when you're in a bigger agency like Temple, you don't always get that. And I always encourage it here in Keene. How many officers are in Temple? We have 12. Oh, and, and, and in Temple. In Temple, there's about 160 now.
0: I think. Okay, so, so Cleburne just to put that in perspective has around 60 or 70, I right. think. Keene has 12.
1: Temple has 100. 100. 100 about 160, I think. There. Okay. So pretty good that. department. Yeah, about 80,000 people in that town. Um, but yeah, so uh, I was I was one of those kids at 22 for the first couple of years. I was employed about year to year, with uh, you know just my mouth was really what ran a lot. And uh, one thing that happened, I think, is is In about 2001, we got in-car cameras for the first time. And the first, within a month of that, I was exonerated off a complaint where I was alleged to have said a thing that I didn't say. And I saw right then that these cameras are gonna be good for us. Hmm. And I still believe to this day, the body cams, the in-car cameras, phone cameras generally are good for us. And even though uh, they sure enough find problems that occur within communities with how officers are interacting and sometimes in the force that they're using. Uh, I also believe they exonerate and alleviate some of the he said, she said mm. problems that the officer could run into from their level or the administrator it's just my level looking back at that. Mm. Uh, it sure does make it a lot easier to say, well, we watched the video and he never really actually said that. So, mm. you're making a false complaint as opposed to, well, he said, you said it, you said you didn't say it. Now, what are we going to do? Yeah. You know? So uh, calls that have affected me, you know, it's the bad ones.
0: Oh, I, don't, I, don't, and I don't want to bring that up because I have yeah. those too. Yeah. But, but uh, again, knowing some of, of your history there yeah. is, is important.
1: But you remember them, you know, I've done CPR on people in the car that didn't make it yep. uh, while they're getting cut out with the jaws of life. Um, it's things you, you carry with you that help you have empathy for families of people that are victims of car crashes, to victim themselves of the car crash and the first responders and officers that are there dealing with that crash yeah is you survive the scene but your psyche takes a hit every time Mm -hmm. you know and uh we've really talked a lot about in the last year me as a chief going to a couple schools especially is caring for the long-term mental health of officers you know we have a high suicide rate in this uh, yeah in this profession because those things stay there Mm -hmm. you know and uh and there's
0: a there's a clinical psychologist I was researching who talked about because her her specialties is in criminal justice on on taking care of first officers or police officers and their safety specifically mentally she she goes into like the home life she goes yeah. well, you know the really the success and the the level headedness of officers really has to do with their home life you know are they running a terrible call at you know, on Thursday and Friday and on Saturday, are they going home to, you know, broken marriage, to drinking, to, uh, kids that hate them to, I mean, just, you know, bills and debt. And right. that's, that's, what's really the, uh, double-edged sword for
1: right, this profession. Right.
0: Yeah. So that's really cool to hear that the city of Keene is especially Like you leading this yeah. is really taking that into account.
1: Yeah. We talk about the human toll and we talk about, um, cops are human and we want to humanize our badge you know we use those a lot of a lot of various Uh terms but humanizing the badge means that you know sometimes they're having a bad day sometimes they say something they really shouldn't say and we review videos and have certain processes in effect and and we talk to our guys Mm -hmm. you know and i'm I'm really glad to be in an agency where um everyone knows me and i know them they know their supervisors pretty well. And we can kind of spot earlier, I believe it's kind of harder to hide amongst 12 Mm. as amongst 160 and not purposely hide, maybe it hide from yourself. Sometimes the officers are, but to be able to notice, say, Hey, you know, are you all right? Hmm. You look tired. You look, uh, you're kind of grumpy today. What's, what's going on, you know? So when you see those red flags, what happens? Well, you start with that conversation and you offer the help. And then if the behaviors are indicating that there's going to have to be a, uh involuntary attendance at some Mm -hmm. kind of counseling you you can do that as well we haven't had to do that since i've been here but we have offered help a couple times you know there's a double fatality a month ago that guys went on that we were you know asking how are you doing from that because that's tough you know and uh you say you get used to it and i think what happens you become more numb to it but Mm -hmm. then when you become more numb to that your all your emotions are becoming numb which your spouse and kids will notice pretty quick yep you know, so it's it's just uh, always staying with uh, always staying in touch is the is the first key. Yeah. So there's there's an interesting study that was done on
0: on how the first responder profession attracts and then creates uh, psychopaths because yep. of how um, how separated you have to be to do this job. How that lack of empathy is really. A, a safety precaution to be able to do these, these jobs to be able to see these type of things and then go home to your family and be okay. Right. So that lack of empathy has actually created some issues. And what I love to see is people like you within your department, really starting to change some of those things to, to call Hey man, let's, let's take a break for a little bit or, uh, let it let break that stigma that has occurred within the first responder agencies yeah well, you because there is a stigma a stigma of not asking for help because if like i've gotten told before where if i ask for help then you maybe you're just not cut out for the job
1: right you right. know yeah that is a stigma for me you know i started this job in 1995 with guys that had been cops since 1965 and you definitely didn't go asking for help <laughs> in the 1960s, for, to those guys you know geez uh, so you it's been a a big improvement That we still have a lot of work to do on in our profession and i think if we get that part right then the other improvements that people want to see from us start to really click yeah um but you know a lot of what happens that i see on video or read about and and that there are protests about is there there's been a disconnect there for that guy or that that girl for that day that officer and something something happened yeah it probably wasn't in those five seconds before the video started it's probably been building
0: you for know, weeks or months at uh, a so time So we
1: definitely have to always try to stay ahead of that yeah and, and and know what's going on with our folks
0: so um before you talk about the improvements that you want to see that you're hoping to change before i get to that i do want to know you, you did some time fbi academy or something yeah did some time did
1: yeah. some time right so we you, were like in you like that you like that Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a military base but, uh, <laughs> tell me about that uh, i got to go to quantico and uh that's where the fbi national academy is mm-hmm. uh, that was started by hoover back in the the 40s or 30s for officers uh, who are municipal or county level to be able to come to the National Academy and get similar training to that FBI agents are getting. So we were there in one building and another building was all the cadets for the actual FBI. And wow. for three months we went through, I, I did a master's level courses in uh, managing organizational change which has been big for me now. I uh, took two or three psychology classes. Psychology was my minor. Oh, nice. And I think they go well together. In yeah, criminal uh, justice. <laughs> yeah,
0: very. And, Why uh, are you doing this? <laughs>
1: yeah, there was uh, physical fitness, and then there was a bunch of, uh, you know, just team building, networking things that we did. Uh, every weekend we went down to D.C. And, and walked around down there, got to be experts at riding the metro. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, but, the, but, you know, I made some lifelong friends there. There's two hundred about, about 250 officers or, or command-level law enforcement folks get to go every quarter so they'll put a thousand people through there a year in leadership courses Uh, and that has been a great opportunity I got to do uh, that still sticks with me to this day really what was the biggest takeaway the biggest takeaway was uh how things are pretty much the same worldwide we had guys Mm -hmm. from Egypt uh Russia all of our allies and kind of allies you know are still able to come there and uh what year did you do this 2017 okay so we we would sit and be able to talk and communicate about what's going on in your community well it's the same kind of things i got this one group they're always upset with us and and nothing we can do is ever right in there you know it's it's worldwide kind of you know there was like most things are are common for uh Sorry, I was loud. Oh, yeah, that's all right. Uh, most things are common worldwide in the concerns citizens have and the, and the struggles and challenges that officers have trying to meet the expectations of the citizens. So it's really a perspective
0: that you were trying to gain.
1: Oh, yeah. Because that's
0: lack of perspective is a big issue right now. in I guess in every city, whether it's the citizens having a really weird perspective on the cops or the cops having a weird perspective on yeah, the citizens. I agree. And so that that perspective that you're trying to gain is, is key. And I like that your mindset is there. And again, that's,
1: not normal so strong work yeah uh, yeah uh you know control and expectation setting for your agency should be at the most local level possible because Keene needs different things from its cops than even alvarado might yeah and definitely johnson county needs different things from its officers than tarrant county might yep. but there has to be this set of standards that you abide to and you of course you abide to the constitution and the case law and the laws of your state um so there has to be Bigger than community accountability, but the expectations come from directly in the community. So mm-hmm. I, I agree that you know that was some guys worked for national police forces. One of my best buddies is a the, from there is a Belgian uh, air unit observer and i had we had yeah. i had been an observer in my life and uh what, what is that uh he's rides right, and he's the guy in the helicopter looking out the door saying there's the guy down there on the <laughs> ground all right not the one working the sticks <laughs> and keeping him alive yeah right but uh that's cool so anyway they have a national police force it's the same set of rules and standards for every single cop throughout the whole country now the mm. country's like the size of a quarter of Texas, but still, (laughs) uh, I don't think that model really works for America. I think you need to have local control over agencies, but Hmm. again, the standards are bigger than local. Okay. All right. So local, what's up with Keen? Tell me what uh, your dreams are. What are you trying to do? Oh, our dreams right now involve the Texas police chiefs association recognition program. And what we've done is we started rewriting our whole policy manual from cover to cover. First two we put out were use of force and pursuits reasons are those are some of your bigger liability areas didn't you just have a pursuit for, that you guys helped out with we helped out with helped out we're with. we're not in Quote unquote. no one turned their sirens and lights on or followed a car they got there as the car was stopping but yes okay. i mean it's um, mutual aid right but those are your high liability situations right the, the two main ones that you could think of would be those two that's why they came out first but we're going to rewrite the whole policy manual from cover to cover to meet standards set by an association of police chiefs that they then come in at the end and once you participate in the program which we're thinking about pulling that trigger pretty soon you have 170 standards to meet and all of them are in policy and also how you operate outside uh or within your policy but outside of a book how you actually operate day to day so okay, for so, instance okay there you go yeah uh, you mean instance evidence how you maintain evidence how you secure evidence uh right now we don't meet the standard because we have our evidence locked in jail cells because we don't have jail anymore. Oh, really? We have Johnson County that helps us with that and we just transport folks straight okay. to them. But the jail cells make great storage for evidence because you can't get out of a jail cell I means you really can't get in a jail cell to tamper with evidence. Hmm. Um, Interesting. And I thought, okay, we're, we're solid on that and I've done this program before in Temple. Yeah. Uh, we're solid on this. but. Uh, Chief Severance here from a, from Cleburne came and did an initial visit for us, which is part of the program. Before you actually commit to it, you can find out how far away are you from being ready to get to do that because you have two years to complete it. Uh, he came and said, well, you know, you might want to weld some steel plates on the back of this door so people can't actually just reach in or be mm-hmm. alleged to have reached in between the bars to get things out. <laughs> Didn't think of it, you know, but that's a standard. A standard yeah. is security of evidence, chain of custody of evidence. We're going to inventory our entitlements storage and be able to account for every item. And uh, you know, coming in as the brand new chief last year, that that just, that wasn't there. Yeah. It wasn't that we knew every item in the in the room. And that's just one example. That's one standard out of the 170 that you meet to uh, be considered a recognized agency, which if you look at Cleburne and Joshua locally are recognized agencies. So what? why is that important? It's the accountability and it's the, again, it's standardization of practices to not just what I can think of as the chief or what the previous chief yeah. or two thought of as what well, this is what we should be doing. There is a statewide recognition that this these are the best practices for police. And when you meet these, we give you your little recognized certificate and stickers and
0: that's great. Is it great, kind, of like, is but it kind it, of
1: like an accreditation? It's like just like accreditation. Okay. Yes. So
0: for colleges have to be accredited right. to have a so, proper education.
1: Correct. So this is the
0: the police version of accreditation. It, yes. Okay. Yep. So overview, you just want to be overall, have a better standard overall.
1: Right. So my first focus this year has been internally um, getting to some of those levels of standardization and, and not just to say we're making it just how I want it because it needs to be unique to Keene, but uh, to start on that path of what i know a standard and best practice is for uh, like i said evidence or record storage or um uh, you know equipment accountability for that and making sure it's clean operational and we look professional when we're driving around that cars aren't dirty to that level yeah, you know that yeah. kind of thing so yeah um, and then i guess long term i have uh, you know budget concerns for about the i have a three-year plan on budget What is that? And uh, it it basically cycles um, and it it depends on how Keen's doing. Are you talking Um, about like trying to get more funding for the department or? Well, just what funding do I need for the department? Not necessarily be more, but what I need to focus on this year. So the first year uh, I got here, we were just getting the budget ready for fiscal year 21, Mm -hmm. which we're in now. And uh, first thing I saw was, you know, we, we needed more shields, rifles, heavy plate vests for in case we ever ha- have an active shooter. Um, so some of that kind of equipment we asked for right up front. Uh, and then an example, we got CPR training, uh, it took us a while to yeah, make cool. that work out. But and this uh, is the first time that your officers have been tr- officially trained, right? Yes, correct. So. Uh, I thought that was a big, big step for us as an agency that we don't have to just stand there and hope the ambulance hurries. <laughs> now we can actually affect. Impressions, let's go. You know, we have AEDs that were donated. Oh, nice. We have two of those, and uh, so does every cop car happen now?
0: Well, I guess there's only two. They'll so.
1: check them out, and okay. uh, um, there'll be there'll be at least two on the street okay. at all times. Yes, and that's uh, that's really key. I don't think people
0: realize how like the a witness arrest versus a non witness arrest or CPR. Full, full arrest is way different. <laughs> like oh, yeah. if you have a non-witness full arrest, the chances of arrival is very low, but if you have a witness arrest, uh, you know how long they've been down, you you can get there a lot faster, you can start compressions faster and the, put the AED on faster. Yeah. It's literally time. It's all of this with CPR and, and death is just a race against time, right? Yeah. So that's very cool that now you have two on the street and being such a smaller city, that's quick. Yes, and honestly, cops can go a little faster than the ambulance.
1: So. <laughs> well, and you know, I mean, those those firefighters and that ambulance—they stay busy. They're yeah. running more than just Keene. They have interlocal local agreements to run outside Keene for county calls. Huh. and so you know, Murphy's Law: if I have a heart attack, it's yeah. going to be done in our shooting range, way on the Alvarado side of town. But the AMR, but yeah. the, our firefighters will be up by City Hall dealing with a the thing there. So. I'm sure glad there'll be an AD in the trunk mm-hmm. of the next car over that, you know, that's five minutes probably in a big hurry. Yeah. I mean, I've done and compressions. Those are big five minutes. Exactly. And I've done compressions for that long.
0: And that's what saved the person, even yeah. though, you know, uh, somebody couldn't get there in enough time. I right. back up. Like the, the, the longer you can do compressions and actually just keep that oxygen flowing, the, the better chance they're going to be able to yeah. get there. And you don't really need a firefighter immediately. All you got to do is pump the chest. So. So, and
1: if you have an AED, you definitely increase oh, yeah. the odds. Oh, yeah. Definitely.
0: So, so, yeah. so if, if you're a resident listening to this, that's a really cool thing. Really good job.
1: Yeah. All right. Um,
0: what is it like? interagency you guys have a good relationship with the fire department fire department oh yeah, yeah. so
1: we're in the same building we're in, I know. we're basically in their basement yeah you know uh we get along with them well i get along with dan warner real well who's he was, uh, that's the fire chief okay and uh he's one of the first guys kind of drove me around town Said, <laughs> here's the stuff that are exciting places for police to be yeah. you know and uh, uh we've we've maintained a really good relationship we work well together uh we address concerns kind of uh in concert because uh code enforcement is with fire and animal control is with pd so you can go to a house and have three different kind of uh concerns going at the same time you have tall grass starving dogs and they're making you know or they have meth you know? yeah i saw that so, statement on the you know what i'm, I'm saying so uh you, you have police animal control yeah. and code enforcement all need to address issues at a house, you know, that kind of thing. So, but some departments don't
0: have a good relationship with fire. Sometimes it's always just yeah. a, uh, you know, well they're competing this. for the
1: same cookie. Yeah. <laughs> now you got the last cookie in the jar and I didn't get a cookie this yeah. year. So next year I get yeah. the last cookie in the jar. We don't, we don't have that mentality. You know, it's, uh, all, all out, all throughout Keene public works director and I are good friends. Uh, uh, the HR director is the new one, is Nathan, and and oh, just, we all work well cool. together. And and we sit in a room every Tuesday, and if we have issues, we talk them out, and we come out of that room being just as cohesive as we were going in. Hmm. And I think uh, certainly the former city manager saw that. I, I hope our new boss just sat in our first meeting, that's Bernie Parker. Yeah. Uh, last uh, this Tuesday, the mayor was in the, a lot of the meetings recently, and, and they all say the same thing. You guys have a good team here, and and that, that's a big key mm-hmm. if we, we solve the community issues go beyond just one department and we address them how we can with each other to be able to solve people's problems and you know some some problems are going to take a lot of money to solve and they're going to take years to solve and some problems we can just say hey we'll get over there and cut that grass and now we can see farther down the intersection better that's solved mm-hmm. you know so um, but we, we we plan things together and we try to address things together as the whole unit of being the city and i think uh no one department's more important than the other in that kind of concept
0: so there's uh for a while there keen police uh, were pretty uh
1: infamous yeah. okay thank you <laughs> for being yeah. a speed track yeah,
0: yeah yeah and i get like i get that um you definitely don't want to speed through through any city because yeah. it's just it can be not safe but it was pretty pretty crazy because I, I had friends who like the police were measuring their tire from the curb to the street, and then yeah. they gave them tickets. Like that I mean, some crazy stuff, and that's honestly like that's the the most interaction that most people have with the police are usually in these type of situations. And the police are reflective of the city. Yes. So really, Keem's very small, very cool, but um, didn't have a good rep for mm-hmm. what you that cohesiveness, that communication with those city residents, things like that. So that I haven't seen happen as much yeah. is for me it's a good thing because
1: i mean i'm not speeding through there but well like- there's a difference between focusing on safety in traffic enforcement and stopping people that are doing eight, ninety, eight, ten, twenty, forty 8 10 20 40 over you know yeah. i actually signed a ticket because I, I look at every ticket that comes in and, and initial them but i looked at a ticket the other day it was 119 and a 60 so just Ooh. about double that that was a good stop yeah but you know, sixty-one and a sixty. If I see a bunch of those, I'd be like, what are we doing out there? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's. Is it a lot more dangerous if you're going sixty-one versus sixty right there? No, it kind of really isn't. You know, we we so we're focusing the traffic on where where are accidents happening, where are concerns from citizens coming in, and then we stop the hazardous violations and then the egregious equipment or or, or uh, registration type violations too. Yeah but uh it's just one facet of how you need to be there for your community and keep your community safe is you do need to enforce traffic to cause change to occur so that people will comply more often with the rules that are set out there but there's that um, fine
0: line you again but yeah it,
1: it's not uh, uh stopping every single thing you ever see you never get anywhere and never even go talk to anybody except on traffic stops.
0: Yeah. And that really, in my opinion, made the city look bad. It made the city kind of look
1: like they're just trying to penny pinch the people. Yeah. And And, that's, that's not cool. So yeah, the focus is, is, is community wide, not just highway 67. And I think that's a big key, you know, yes, we do need to be out there and yes, we do put the ghost car out there to try to cause the brakes to come on and say, I wonder if there's a cop in this one. Um, And you know, uh, the general reaction to that program has been very good and that's not, an idea I came up with. It's been done other places yeah, before. Um, I saw, and, I saw uh, a lot of traffic. That on, thing makes on, me online. hit the brakes sometimes. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now because I don't put it out anymore, right? So, <laughs> heck, when I was putting it out, I'd come back around the same curve and at least have a little, hmm, oh yeah, that's that's the one I just put there. Because that could be embarrassing yeah. getting stopped it by would your own be. people. <laughs> There's a higher motivation for me when I'm on duty, for sure, to, yeah. to uh, I don't know, not be a hypocrite, set a tone that's correct, not be uh, speeding for no reason down whatever road. But I mean that, that, and again, but there's not always an empty car. And now December to March, we were struggling mightily with COVID as, as an agency. You know, I think more than half of us got COVID including me. Yeah. I got a bad too. And uh, we all, I I had put a mandate out that says you only stop the worst of violations. And well there's one month, maybe January that the whole department wrote nine tickets. Mm. Now, from the speed trap days, that would have been like a half hour <laughs> seriously of the agency. And that yeah. was the whole month, you know, there was good and bad to that. The yeah. bad of it was people started figuring out the cops aren't out here. And it wasn't just us. I mean, from December yeah. to March, I mean, I think, everybody. Yeah. So there has been a, a, a little bit of a surprise for folks since about March 10th, which is when I lifted that mandate that we are now back out there and we are trying to tell you as uh, you know, I guess convincingly as possible do not do 119 and a 60 anymore or even uh 75 and a 60 anymore and yes please do stop for the stop signs and uh you know be careful in these dangerous intersections where where crashes are happening yeah and so
0: what are some of the most dangerous intersections that one where the 67th cross yeah Where that
1: that uh that's what was that, Sixty-seven it's Highway. Called, it's Catherine P. Rains is one of the service roads, and Stoner is the other one. So okay. The, yeah. The westbound service roads, Catherine P. Rains. The eastbound service roads called Stoner Way. Okay. Don't ask me why the state named everything different.
0: Yeah, but anyway, was a, there was a bunch of changes that were that the city council was trying to do that, but yeah. that apparently it's the TXDOT that right. controls so those.
1: Right. Uh, so I'm stealing my own thunder from tonight for council, but basically we did have a meeting with TXDOT on Monday. And I got to say, I've worked with Text Dot in the past in Bell County down there when I was a cop down there, uh, when they were building the Highway I 35 through for, you know, I think my whole career. But um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. The folks up here are amazing that work for Text Dot, and, and they're already on the ball a little bit about that intersection. They've changed oh, the cool. stop signs there, they've added a sign on the bottom on Catherine Purines <laughs> and Stoner Way that say cross traffic does not stop. Mm. Soon they're going to be adding signs on FM 2280 that say highway intersection ahead and have a flashing yellow light. Okay. They're already on the ball on those topics, and then we discussed a lot of other things about that particular intersection. Um, you know, that one when you're coming off on Stoner and you're wanting to look south at traffic coming north on 2280, yeah. you're looking way over your shoulder. Yeah. And uh, we talked about that, and then I'd say another dangerous intersection for us is always going to be College and 67, where that light is. Oh yeah really Um, just because that's a a high speed highway having to come to a stop and not all the trucks or people want to come to that stop Um, yeah and then you know uh, those two right there plus uh, where FM 2280 kind of tees into business 67 yeah uh, and you have high speed versus no speed Mm -hmm. trying to merge in there's always gonna be dangerous in those spots so those kind of your main hot spots and then we watch the school zones as best we can especially the one on 67 yeah Um, but you know you want to focus where you know the, the dangers or the problems are. And I got to say, that meeting with TechStop went very well. I can't wait to talk about it tonight in the, oh, cool. in the council, and, cool. and explain that they already had been taking action before we even sat down. Ah, uh, so they are already aware. They are. Yes. Especially after those two fatalities. That that was an eye opener, and it's sad that it got to that level before mm. we all sat down. And and I'm sure the families there would kind of hope that we would be ahead of the game in the future. And that's where we're trying to get.
0: Um, All right. So community outreach, how does the King police department kind of jump into the community bridge some of these, these walls that have been built up by
1: society? Yeah. Um, Well, one thing is, you know, and I'm trying to be better about it is just, you know, I, I used to have a friend that was a reporter. Uh, so, a lady that had been a reporter in Australia for about 30 years and then came over to America and was a reporter here and uh, kind of said, after about a year of me being a public information officer, why don't y'all talk about yourselves more often and toot mm-hmm. your own horn? Mm-hmm. Well, we're just, it's just not the nature of, of fire or police to be out there and like, we saved a kitten today, mm-hmm. you know, uh, kind of thing. But, it is important for folks to see us just doing our regular job. And I'm trying to be better about that on Facebook now. I was posting a couple of things, kind of getting more activity now that I have uh, the Facebook going through the phone instead of just having to do it on the computer. And- Look at you, you know, being so, in the
0: modern day. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think I have an iPhone 7,
0: man. Oh that's my, like dude. Ooh, yeah, dude, you're coming the up in times. times. Yeah, the now you just got to get a Snapchat
1: and Instagram. You'll be squared oh, away. Yeah. But, hey, uh,
0: TikTok. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Get
1: some TikTok, and then you'll be really up in times. Uh, we'll, we'll see how far it goes with the <laughs> platforms. But we are on Facebook, which is, uh, you know, uh, we Step have in a pretty the right good our, our audience there, you know. Um, but that's one thing. is just to to put out there. Hey, here's what your department's doing today. Here's what you know what we've been doing this week. The annual report was an idea like, here's what we did this yeah. year. You know, it wasn't just uh, locking ourselves down for COVID. We still got out there as we could. Yeah. And and that was. Unf- I came in right in the middle of that pandemic. In fact, my retirement was went from a party of two hundred to a party of ten. You know, right when the pandemic hit, uh, April third of ninety of, of that year of of uh, twenty twenty um geez was just when it was hey i think we need to lock stuff down you know and <laughs> we thought oh it'd be two weeks and what was it a year yeah and more you know? yeah but even then we, we had to cancel some things that were really kind of heartbreaking to cancel such as fourth of july and yeah. the uh the christmas parade we did a modified Starfest where we at least were out there and folks came through and picked candy up in the line yeah a lot of people appreciated that effort um you know a lot of the stuff I would have wanted to do such as town hall meetings and come meet the chief and let's have a, a dinner. We couldn't do all that stuff. So it's in, now that we're able to get out a little more and folks feel more comfortable being out and about. Um, I think you'll start to see more stuff from us and, and especially if you watch our, our Facebook, you'll see announcements on things like, uh, we're about to help KSD do their senior parade again. That's June 4th. Oh, cool. Um, I had a couple other things yeah. I think I wrote down here, but oh, oh, the police memorial we're fixing to do on, uh, May 14th, we invite the public to come to that at City Hall at 10 a.m. And that's Police Week's coming up. uh, It's May 9th to 15th. And then uh, that's just National Police Week Hmm. where it's like uh, acknowledge, I guess, for me, it's acknowledging the sacrifices that others have made before me in this profession. And that's what the memorial will be about. We will read the names of all the Texas officers that lost their lives in uh, 2020 Hmm. and have just a little ceremony and some some speeches about... uh, Really, I guess, servanthood and sacrifice are the main things we focus on there. Uh, awesome. then, then we have the uh, June 4th is the senior parade for KSD. And you'll see information from the ISD on that one. We're going to help them with that. Cool. Our next big event July 4th parade. We are going to start meeting on that actually next week. And that is going to happen this year. For and, sure. For yeah. sure. I mean, unless, you know, the uh, English variant hits Texas really bad and we all lock down together so I, I can't see the Garver dude do, doing that so we plan cool. on doing that all right, let me just say that I like that yeah um, and then you know Starfest is time for us to get ready for that cuz what I have seen I'm sure you have too is there's a lot more people at these events now, because they haven't been able oh, yeah. to do anything for a year. Yo, getting out
0: so, is hard now. Yeah, like so, there's way more p- many yeah. people out than there ever was. pre-COVID. Yeah, you know,
1: think about me coming here from not having lived here. Thought, oh, the traffic around here is actually pretty good. <laughs> now I'm like, well, <laughs> where do all these people come
0: from? Yeah. They're, they're coming out. burleson Wilshire is yeah. a nightmare. I can't stand going up there. But so, well, that's cool. I like the community outreach. Um, I I do wonder if do you, is because all these community outreach things that are trying to bridge the gaps between the police and the citizens and the city and the citizens, it's all about like inviting the people um to those events which is cool i like that but i think there's a there's a facet that's missing with a lot of police departments i think that facet is the police getting into the current walks of the citizens Mm -hmm. so that that perspective that you have right there i love it but it's it it is like saying hey citizens come meet us like you move and come meet us and unfortunately people are lazy oh yeah so is there anything that um the keen police department can do to actually start jumping into their lives like for instance for example like um, the police are the, uh, the basketball courts. Um, I love them. I play there. I'm trying to get more regular, but um, that's a really good way to jump into people's uh, lives that are in the city. Like, right. have like if, if a cop isn't doing anything or if a police officer does do anything, go play a pickup game. Like That, yeah. that means a lot to I've people like me. I've played
1: basketball in uniform, and I'm, I'm not very good at basketball <laughs> anyway, but yes. But, right. um, that's the so first thing that came to my mind. It's what we're hitting on is that every cop is a community cop. Yeah. There's not just yes. a unit. Community policing. Yeah. Every officer is should be about the community. Um, some of the things formally that we've done is uh, one day I just had a sign made that said, ask the chief, One over, sat in the uh, cafeteria at Swahoo and awesome. asked people, just come up, ask me anything you want. That's and what I'm talking about. And for a about. while, about four people came up and asked me stuff. And I saw these this other table, they were looking at me. So I took my sign, sat it on their table, said, so, okay, come on, what do y'all want to talk about? <laughs> and, you know, we talked about back then that was... Uh, George Floyd had just happened, yeah. and there was a big hey. What what do police do, and why do they do that? You know, and, and uh, I got to participate in their march for unity about two weeks before I went over there with that sign, and uh, said the same thing then, which was you know that that shouldn't have happened, hmm. and it's kind of it, it's heartbreaking to us to see it happen and go, well now we're going to have to, you know, lose some of this trust again mm-hmm. and try to have to build it again. It's kind of like we climb up the mountain and then one guy does a thing in minnesota and everyone yeah. all along would fall off the cliff yeah Flying back up the mountain a guy does a thing in south carolina fall off the cliff yeah. you know yeah. and, and it's so frustrating for for good cops and good agencies to get lumped in there like that and and we know why yeah it's it's and, and again you, you've hit it on the heads where we have to also come to you and just show you that i'm a human that cares about you that wants you to have a good life in this town and is not out there just hoping to kill people like yep. is getting portrayed yep. and by people who are angry about what, when that does happen.
0: Because what I'm seeing happening is social media, the, the media in general, I mean Facebook even, when you have the algorithms with confirmation bias, they like buy, by pushing these stories about cops what it's doing is is it's widening these massive gap it's like you're talking about that cliff you're talking about it just keeps widening everything that happens the only way to break that is to have a a man-to-man real human everyday life conversation yep and the only way to do that is for unfortunately the police to take the higher stance and say, Hey, this is not what we're about. Right. We're here to protect you. We're here to
1: be with you in your life. So let's go play basketball. Yeah. There has to be a voice from outside the echo chamber yep. that says, well, but that guy, that that cop didn't treat me like that. Yep. I mean, they're not all like that. Cause I, I played basketball with that guy. Exactly. And that guy stopped by our, uh, our uh, yard sale and drank lemonade with my kids. Yep. Cause every time those kids are out there with that lemonade, I try to get me some lemonade yep. and I love their lemonade, but it also just, Hey, here's the chief just saying hello to you. Yep. You know, and, uh, if there's a car wash, you know, going on for raising money for let's travel for band or whatever, I mean, we sure enough want to run our cop cars through the car wash and say hi to those kids and give them 10 bucks, you know, but yeah, um, some of it, I won't hide behind. It was COVID that we didn't want to do this or do that. We just are constantly working on making sure we outreach. Yep and uh i love the basketball idea because you're right that's that's always popular over there sunday nights and man so i'm out there as much be, as i can i have to come in in my police shorts bring it and uh, well it's,
0: it's even funny man because uh <laughs> like i'm very pro cop uh, but also know the bad apples really screw people over yeah uh however every time i'm i'm playing down there those guys do not have a good perspective on you guys yeah they they like oh, i'm big and, and uh it's it's sad like because i know. I know, like I know cops. Like For the most okay. part, they're really good guys. I know a lot of cops. Uh, I've worked with a lot of good cops. And we're having a good conversation now. But the perspective from real-life people in the community who usually aren't involved in politics or city or, or city anything aren't good. Yep. And the only way to do that is for the cop to, hey, man, one-on-one, let's
1: go. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. You like know? I said, what they're reading is, is the reality because there's nothing to counter that reality. Yep, because and what they're seeing saying, in the reality is social media. Yeah, and the constant challenge is, okay, how do we – do what we can to counter that reality and, and, and at least affect maybe the, the perception of that reality. Cause you know, perception is reality. Yep. And, and Unfortunately. So, um, you know, it's a never ending challenge it's, but if you acknowledge that I need to be aware of my challenge, then you are a little bit ahead, you know, knowing you have that problem at least you're gonna start addressing it. And I said, we've done some stuff. Uh, we try to do one thing formal a month, you know or, or get out there some way somehow once a month and do a thing with the community uh even if it's with the college or or the high school or just you know on the side of the road at the yard sale yeah but uh yeah i i, I agree with that 100 cool. we always want to do more for that kind of outreach
0: and i'm i'm when i'm playing with them i'm not in that position right at that time to like come up to the defense no because so it's know. like that's what i want but like I'm, i was thinking about that last time i played i was like man, how can i like Start helping bridge some of these gaps. And I think conversations like this, where yep. your guys, hey, go play football with them, go play basketball. If you see a group out there, challenge them, like, joke around with them, be a bro. Or be a, you know, be a, yep. what's the what's female version of a bro? Uh, I think everybody I, just says I bro. I don't <laughs> know, man. <laughs> I'm trying to be politically You're correct. <laughs>
1: it's unisex. Yeah. Everybody's a bro.
0: Just be a bro. Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. So just just thought. Um, I think that'd actually go a long way with all those guys yeah, out there. I appreciate that. Um, any final thoughts? any final ideas things you want to say to the city
1: i just uh ask folks to uh, understand that it's humans that are working in a job but these these humans that are working for the Keene police department we are building a culture that's dignity and respect for all it's the motto that we have now and procedural justice is where i got that idea from for that motto Procedural justice means that we treat everyone with that same dignity and respect, no matter what their station is in life or what their status is on the call that we're on, whether they're a witness, victim, suspect. You know, um, they get that respect. They get to have a voice and say their side of the story. Um, Procedural justice has been a foundation that i talked about since my interview for chief for this job. Um, You treat people with the respect in the building and they are accountable and they get the fair process if they mess up and they do the same thing on the street and reflect it back out to the citizens, give them a, a fair, objective um, response to the scene that they're on. And if I was to say one thing to the citizens, they say, that's our culture. That's what we're trying to do in Keene, Texas. And if ever we're not doing that, let me know, because I want us to be like that 100% of the time. Like
0: not objective?
1: Or if we're just not serving folks correctly, being mm. a respectful, treating people with dignity, and, and, yeah, if we don't uh, handle a call right, whatever it is, you know, we, we want to know. And a lot yeah. of that's just building that relationship that we're talking about. Yep, I agree. I agree. Very so. cool. Well, Chief Hunt, man, I really appreciate
0: you coming out, man. Thank uh, you. It's a great conversation. I think a lot of this people don't talk about. And it's really good to hear from the chief of police at the city of Keene yeah. on where the state of, of the city is. So Yeah, appreciate it. Strong man. Thank you for being a police officer and protecting the community.
1: Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. All
0: right, man. Have a good one. Bye-bye.